two, one, go. Hi, I'm Stevie. Hi, I'm Emily. And this is The Sex Files. Files. We don't like intros. We're really bad at them, but we've heard people have been getting our voices confused. So here we are. How are you doing? Horrible. How are you? Are you horrible? Ma'am. What? We are in the middle of an election. Jillian Anderson just released pictures of her bare back. You're correct. I'm, so I'm not sorry. doing well. What yeah. a range of emotions you've experienced in the past two days. Um, I was fully screaming at three o'clock in the morning. I know I was there over the over the picture of Jillian um, with her tits out. So that was fun. Everyone's gonna be like, "What picture? Her tits picture. weren't really. Her tits well, weren't really out. We'll I post it. She I looks, wish she looks like an amazing witch. Yeah, it's truly. She's it's so biting powerful. her lip. She is. It's like this photo shoot just blew Dune right out of the water. Yeah, this photo shoot said fuck Dune. Yeah, it said Dune who? Anyway, we, yeah, we're recording this on Wednesday, the day after the election. And wow, what a journey. Wow, the people listening will know what have happened. Hopefully we're living in um, Joe Biden's America. God, I hope. Um, and that there's hopefully... no like, lawsuits being... Oh, oh, that's too late. They've already were Did already they? in that. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh, fuck Donald Trump. He can. Uh, he's like a little crispy booger, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> oh my God, I'm so rude. How are you? Stevie's not well. No, not at all. Can you tell? <laughs> tell him why. Tell him why, Stevie. Should tell him. Really? Tell him why. Yeah, tell really? him why. I feel. Are you gonna really? I'll support you 100%. I'm okay. okay supporting I'm okay supporting this because um decency. Okay. Um uh, decency of character. Okay. I have been freaking the fuck out over how big John Hamm's dick is. Yeah. This like is a new development for Stevie. I have known this. We know this. I have known I, this for some time. I did not, but you guys, it's like down his thigh. I am a madman whore, so uh, this man has been in my life for quite some time. God, this is new to me, and I don't. I'm, I'm adjusting. Yeah, in in more ways than one. <gasps> that was a really good one. Jillian Anderson. Who? Jillian Anderson. Who is that? Jillian Anderson. Uh, date John Ham challenge. Oh my God, that's the world I want to live in. I hope that's where we are next week. I'm just going to say, like, size does not matter, but, like, she deserves that. She deserves that, you know? After all that shit that woman's been through, she deserves John Hamm's cock. Put it on a t-shirt. Seriously. Wow, I love that you just said that. Do you? Yeah, that was perfect. Thanks. I'm trying to become somebody who says cock because I feel like it's powerful. Do you think Jillian Anderson said that or says? I do. Said? Says? Said. Both? De- definitely in the 90s. I feel like it could be debatable. Definitely. Now. Definitely said. Yeah. Whew. Okay. <laughs> um, t- today, we're going to be talking, since we're doing Beyond the Sea today, we thought it was only fitting for our um, sex ed corner to be on daddy issues today. I have them. You have them. We all Jillian have them. Has, um, Jillian, Jillian has them. Jillian, Jillian has, has them. them. So yeah, do you want to start off our conversation? I just kind of, my notes are all over the place. So are mine, and I kind of like, okay, daddy issues are annoying for me because it's like one of those things that um, men do and then like women bear the brunt of. Yes. And so 
um, just like let's start off by establishing just to bring it back to the X-Files, like the entire dialogue surrounding daddy issues is literally like metaphorically reproduced by the X-Files. Like women, women are shackled with the remnant trauma of their father's actions or lack thereof. Not only are women forced to heal because their fathers failed to do their, the bare minimum Mm -hmm. of their job as a dad, but then they're, but then it's also fetishized. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So it's like Scully is meant to be portrayed as this like sexless Virgin Mary symbol mm-hmm. where anytime she expresses a desire to be desired or her sexuality in any way, she is punished for it. Yep. While on the other hand, she gets typecast as a woman seeking out the validation and attention her father never gave her in older men that she dates. Yeah, exactly. I know. Well, and it's like Scully's storyline is valid because like I certainly fucking relate to the issues of seeking validation, but the way they explore the storyline is it's like as if that's just a fact of life. Like women just need validation from men. Like that's a blanket, blanket fat. What? Blanket fact. Totally. (laughs) It's like, but specifically from their fathers. So like, well, maybe if there were women in the writer's room, maybe perhaps Scully's recurring issues with older male validation could have been resolved through things like, like, like self-love or self-exploration or female friendship or whatever. Totally. Something not involving a man. Absolutely. And it's the same thing as this double bind that we talked about in the last episode Oh yeah, because it's like society wanting women to be both at the same time and nothing at all neither are practical right like Mm-mm. so like the and like you've said this in your thesis and like i love this take because like it really just encompasses this whole show perfectly but what it's did like i say right like the price that scully pays for being an empowered oh yeah capable woman is like being traumatized and being tortured and being um punished Mm -hmm. because and and that translates to real life because it's like society has a very harsh punishment for hardened and competent women yeah i can't remember the quote but it's like in um uh the documentary mentioned like very early on about gloria steinem she's like basically society has a harsh punishment for angry women like yeah. for the, the angry woman i feel like on like television in the 90s yes scully was like suddenly this first competent successful woman on television but there was an unconscious trade-off for her to be able to exist as that competent successful intelligent woman and that was um all of her bodily autonomy her reproductive rights and like her Perceived necessity for male validation. Totally. Her inability to to just exist as a confident woman. Yeah. Like she needed like, to have, like these things need to be cut back so that she could have this power in this realm totally. or whatever. We say we, like it just like as a society, the way that this is constantly used as a way to cut down women, it's like we say that we have daddy issues when reality it's your daddy's issue. Like yep. it's their issue that they didn't provide the love and support that you needed or it's their issue issue that they acted out of desire to maintain possession of you rather than um the desire to aid your growth and it's like their issue that they were like addicted to drugs like and (laughs) gave you cans of tuna for lunch you know like that's their issue (laughs) 
Totally. Like, uh, not to get too specific. Not, not to be like, specific, but, like, it's, like, definitely their issue when they're on drugs for, like, 90% of your life. Like, totally. Totally their issue. And, <laughs> like, so ultimately, it just comes down to the fact, like, saying women have daddy issues literally takes all of the blame from men and makes it the woman's issue to deal with. It's just another way that society um, avoids holding men accountable and then shames women for it. Yes. It's like it's these men's, these men's issues and faults that are pushed onto their daughters. So like we're stuck with our daddy issues, but like, no, fuck that. I want to give my issues back to the man who owns them. And then I'll work my fucking ass off to repair the damage that holding onto these issues did to me. So that like, if I ever have a daughter, she never has to focus on anything, but the issues that are just within herself, like not somebody else's. You know what I mean? Normally, we don't necessarily bring it back around to the the show, mm-hmm. but I think this is this is just this like really such prevalent. a recurring theme. Yeah, so it's like one of the first and really only until all things, I think, real looks into Scully's psyche is via her daddy issues. Yeah, like. She's made to be so one-dimensional, and the fact that men wrote her makes this the least surprising thing about her no. because yeah. men believe women are one-dimensional. Like, and viewing women in this way makes them appealing and makes them manageable. Yeah. So it's like that's why they harped on this one issue for Scully because it's like that was like that was her character trait. Yes. That she had daddy issues like that, and then that was what. Like, that was the thread that sustained her character through the whole series. Yeah, that's so fucked up. And it's so phallic-centric and gross. And it's like... Exactly. It's, it's everything a woman does is about a man. Like, a woman can't have ambitions that are solely because she wants to achieve them. It, it, it has totally. to be somebody else. Like, what? Well, it's also, like, on a grander scale, too. It's like, um, uh, just to bring this back around, because it's like, I... There are so many times and there are so many, there have been so many discussions about like sex and what you want in bed and being a feminist Mm -hmm. and how those two things relate. And it's like, ultimately, if you are a person um, and what you're doing in bed alone or with a partner, as long as it is consensual, that is feminist. Yes. It doesn't matter like what is being, what is happening. The, The whole linchpin of feminism is choice Mm -hmm. so as long as you are choosing it and it is consensual like nothing can be it can't be anti-feminist exactly it's what you want it is your choice yeah and it's like calling because feminism is all about choice and it's like somebody calling somebody else daddy in bed doesn't automatically mean that they have a father complex there's like there's a massive difference between sexual playing kinks and having a complex totally like it just not it has nothing to do with your personal issues if you like something it's because you like it and that's great yep and as long as it's consensual that's all that matters that's that's literally all, all that matters. literally all that matters and just getting back to like male desire and like again we're going to do a whole sex ed corner on like the male gaze and yeah all of that but it's like when women and non-binary people show any emotion it's like getting back to that one dimensionality mm-hmm. that isn't like um pleasing or nice to look at or desirable Mm -hmm. it um it ruins that one-dimensional patriarchal um mask Mm -hmm. that's been painted for women that paints them as that paints us as objects for male desire in fact 
the product of daddy issues is a woman who feeds a man a cake while he's giving her crumbs. Yeah. Like that is the crux of, of daddy issues. Mm -hmm. So it's like the more crumbs that she gets, the longer she wants him because she thinks that they, that she thinks they will make a cake. Like the crumbs all together will make a cake. That's so sad. So it's like, Daddy issues ultimately are about male pleasure. They center around male desire. Yeah. Because it's a woman who worships you despite the fact that you treat her like shit. Ew. And yeah, that's so true. Yeah. And it's like you love her just short of enough, show her just shy of enough attention, and she feels like she needs to vie for your acceptance and love and appreciation. I never thought about it that way. And so it's like when, the, when, when, when we show anger, when we show assertiveness, when we show anything outside of that realm of like when we're anything other than like submissive, basically, like when we're anything other than submissive, like when we're anything other than comfortable, mm, like what's, yeah. what's comfortable for, for men. Complacent? You, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like we remind them that we remind others that we're human that we are multifaceted and we are multidimensional and that we deserve respect, that we are not objects mm -hmm. that like that things happen to. Yeah. Um, that are like able to be discarded. I know it's like, um, we're not an accessory to somebody else's life story. Like it's right. Well, it's because it's like objects don't reciprocate anything. Like they're there to be used. Yeah. What the fuck? So in relation to the show, like this makes sense. This point that I have is like kind of a tangent, so like stay with me. But like Scully is meant to be unfuckable so that she can be smart. Like that yeah. is the trade-off mm -hmm. that exists. So it's like Scully is treated like shit because her unfuckability, quote unquote, means she isn't worthy of the time that men put into like courting attractive women. Like she isn't worth the time that like men would normally put into it like yeah. attractive women. And there's a quote, there's like a phrase that I read a while ago that like always stays with me. And I think it's relevant here because it just speaks to like how women are just, just the difference in like male and female interaction. And it goes into like that, it, whatever. A lot of men interpret politeness from women as flirting because they themselves would never show even the barest courtesy to a woman they found unfuckable. Isn't that wild? Oh, I think about my that. Fucking I God. think about that. I think about that every single day, Stevie. <gasps> like I think about that quote every minute of every day. See, it's like these things blow my mind, but they also kind of really discourage me because these problems are so big and unconscious. Like, how can you ever tackle them? Totally. Totally. I, I am in the same boat. Yeah. So it's like, and we'll get into like people pleasing because I think that's a whole other segment. Yeah. Um, but it's like, so to cope and like reduce the chances of being called like a bitch or stuck up or I'm being annoying psychoanalyzed. Or, like, or difficult, um, we've learned to like, just like put our head down, smile, agree. And there's a quote from this girl in 1913. And she was like, people call me a feminist when I distinguish myself from a doormat. Yeah. And so it's like when we – so in order to cope, we smile, we agree, we act as doormats to serve every single 
other person except ourselves. Emily, does this come from your brain? Or do did you read were you reading about this? I read about it and then I I put it in my little blender in my brain and then I vomit onto a page. Where are you reading these things? What do you think? Florence Given. But you just like compile so much, like so much as you. You're so brilliant when it comes to this stuff. Like literally you blow my mind every day when we have conversations about these things. You do. No. No, but it's other women who give me these insights. Like, yeah, but that's I, the beauty of female friendship. That's coming together to take down the patriarchy is by getting information from other women and sharing it with more women. <gasps> that's what this podcast is. That's exactly what this podcast together is. Together we rise. But it's like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want people to think that like I'm literally just like sitting here psychoanalyzing the patriarchy. It's like I read. Like I fucking read. <laughs> R-E-A-D. R-E-A-D, baby. She reads. She's a book girl. And then I like, and then just based off of like everything that I read, I'm like, wait a second, hold up. And I make these weird trains in my head, like railroads in my head. And I'm like, oh wait, like let's fucking, what is that thing called? Where it's like a divot where you like, where if a train is on a railroad, you can like make it go the other way or you can make it go the other way. Yeah, like pivots. And then I'm like, wait, that makes sense. Like my brain works very much like in a compartmentalizing way. So it's like I have to be able to go to like from point A to point B to point C. And I'm very good at like drawing lines between them. You have such a beautiful brain. Um, thank you. You're welcome. That's it's it. true. Um, but the point of this whole thing is like I have a very big issue with blaming women for men's actions. That, that, and that's really what I think comes that's down fair. To. Yeah. And like the point being is like also if you want to fuck, if you want to date, if you want to flirt with an older man, like do it. You don't have like this doesn't mean you have daddy issues. No. Like it's not your problem. Exactly. Like uh, uh, uh. cuz it's like if any man invalidates me by referencing my daddy issues, I'll fucking revolt. But at the same time, I reserve the fun. I reserve the right to make as many jokes about my daddy issues as I please. Because if I'm gonna have to exist totally. in a patriarchy that totally that punishes women for the actions of their fathers, like I reserve the right to reclaim it and joke about it if I fucking want to. But one hundred. But no one can invalidate me by pigeonholing me. Is that, is that like you no. know what I mean? Like, do I think it's so hot that that Scully used to steal her mom's cigarettes because she knew that her dad would catch her and kill her? Yeah, yeah. I find that incredibly sexy. But does that make me a bad feminist? Uh, no. One, because I am not a man, a cis hat man. And That's so fetishizing I'm not looking that. at yeah. yeah, I'm not looking at her through the male gaze. It's the rebellion that I find hot. It's yeah. not the it's not the like um, it's not the centralization of her father in that mm-hmm. that I find hot. It's yeah, and, and no matter how you you're not looking at it through the male gaze. So no matter what way you're looking at it, it's like Exactly. But that this theme, the fact that this remains a theme throughout the show, um, and like in this episode, in the episode, not next, but after that, Mm -hmm. um, in Lazarus, like, it's just bizarre how this is like, it's just bizarre to me, like this, this, um, this double bind that like Chris Carter and the writers like wanted to create with Scully where it's like she cannot express her sexuality in any way. 
She has this very deep and intricately woven history with older men. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to this very complicated relationship with her father, like yeah. just, just pick one. And please. I hate it because part of it feels like representation. Like I know when I was seeing the storylines, when I first watched the show a few years ago, I was like, Oh my God, me too. Like, wow, that's exactly how I feel about like that's like, I have those same issues, but it's the fact that they're being written about in a way that condones them and doesn't, and doesn't frame them totally. as issues that need to be resolved. It frames them as just facts. Like this is just how a woman exists. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Like, women just exactly. exist and they, they don't have enough male attention. Well, like they're depraved. Of course. Of course, and it's like what what a what an importance that places on men. Like, oh, why, God, that's not surprising at all. Lower, like, take yourself down a few notches. Come on, this is my life, Mulder. I don't. Yeah, yes. Like, I yep. like we don't exist to solely wake, please you. Like the the amount of times that I'm not thinking about what a man thinks of me a day. Like, what? Are you fucking kidding me? It's so stupid. Wow, you blew my it's mind. So today. stupid. I need no, to go back blew, to therapy. <laughs> you blew my mind today. I need to go back to therapy now. I need to reanalyze my daddy issues. Who doesn't? Who much, doesn't? You're right. Therapy is a lifelong journey. Should we get into this episode? That's no, it. <laughs> I love this episode. I wish this entire uh, show was Scully centric. It's I just wish every every single episode was Scully centric. It's amazing how much better the episodes are when they're Scully centric. Like the fact that this opened on Jillian Anderson's face, wow! Those are the episodes that I want to watch. Totally. <sighs> it actually makes me emotional. I wish the whole show was just about her. And like, honestly, you know what's so frustrating that I've just realized right now? What? David is extra bad in this episode because he's like, oh, the script isn't about me, so I'm not going to try totally, hard. Totally. Totally. <gasps> okay. Wait, time out. We need to talk. Okay. Do you want to just talk about this right now? Do yeah. Because right I'm now? so okay. fucking mad about it. All right. All right. All right. Listen up, people. Like, I'm so there. Mad. Okay. Ready? So later on in the series, right, there <laughs> is an episode where um, something horrible happens to Scully, right? Mm-hmm. And David Duchovny saw this um, this episode, Beyond the Sea, saw the acting that Gillian Anderson was given, the opportunity, um, the opportunity for depth yeah. that Gillian Anderson was given. As if he hadn't already had multiple episodes where that was explored. Where that, where that was offered to him. And In, from episode it. one. Yeah. And so for a later episode, he... At, he said, <laughs> he said he was so impressed with Jillian's acting in this episode and what she did with this depth. He was so impressed that he wanted his own little moment to explore Mulder's psyche, to explore Mulder's deeper hidden emotions. So they gave him like the entire plot line. Um, which completely hijacked a major plot line of Scully's trauma completely. Um, And it's just funny because it's like he did not, maybe he admired Jillian's acting. I'm sure he did. He better have because wow. Um, But it's like, it's so clear that he was just throwing a temper tantrum this entire episode. I know. And it shows. Like, because he wasn't, he, 
literally was throwing a because temper tantrum. Because it, was, it wasn't about him. Yeah. He was throwing a fit this entire episode. And it shows. It, and it shows in his acting. It 100% shows. It's so fucking – like, in every scene, he's just like, Neh. We'll it's, get into that more because I have a lot of points. Wow. Yeah. But that's amazing that you realized that right off the bat because I only just realized that right now. Oh, yeah. It just, I re- I, it just realized that. And that was that when you were screaming when we watched? That and something else. But yes. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So, so we're going to start the episode. Let's start the episode. Okay. So Beyond the Sea opens um, at our sweet baby Angel Scully's sweet baby home. And her father, who looks nothing like her, is there. And so is her angel mother, Maggie. I stand Maggie with all my heart. I would die for Maggie Scully. Yeah. This is a Maggie Scully fan podcast. Yep. You're tuning in. Um, (laughs) So her dad is, like, giving Scully shit for not taking her Christmas tree down. And she's like, fuck you, dad. I'm leaving it up all year just to spite you. So, like, we're establishing right off the bat this base relationship with her father that's criticizing her. And since he's passing judgment on, like, these menial parts of her life, you can only imagine what kind of judgment he's passing on the bigger parts. Totally. And so, Good point. Thank you. Um, and so he tells Maggie it's time to go, like the <laughs> fucking king that he is, even though she doesn't seem ready to go. So I know. She's like, oh, she's like, okay. Oh. And it made me sad. I'm like, why do I hang out with her fucking daughter, you yeah. asshole? Um, so they say their goodbyes, and, she, and then Scully goes to her dad, and she's like, she says, good sailing, Ahab, and he says, good night, Starbuck, which is like establishing this Moby Dick thread that continues throughout the show. Like, I don't fucking know. I don't care, but I could, I, Moby Dick is the most male book to ever exist. Totally. And, if- and the only reason, and like the way that it comes back in Quagmire is just so bizarre. So Can we just. How, how like, it comes back because she realizes that Mulder's just like Ahab, what she literally called Mulder her. Mulder is just like her father. Oh, I wrote it. There's some parallels here. There's a big parallel of that later in this episode. Is there? Oh, I'm excited. I'm yeah. so excited. Um, and, like, of course, they shove Scully in the middle of that horrible narrative. Totally. So he, like, reluctantly asks how work is, which is implying it's something that he doesn't really approve of. Well, it's also, like, Maggie has to literally, like, subtly Get remind him to, him ask. to ask. Which is, like, he ha- uh, she has to remind her husband to ask his own daughter about a job that she cares about very much like stopping such also, a dick and support your child maybe one and two it's the fbi bro like that's pretty fucking good literally jesus christ i want a sidebar that i love her outfit in this scene if i i know i say this every single episode with literally every piece of clothing she wears but like if i saw her in this outfit i'm pretty sure i would uh just have to I would just fall to my knees. What happens from that point on is is the world is my oyster. So her parents leave, and it cuts to the clock showing that it's now almost 2 in the morning. So, like, Scully, in her adorableness, fell asleep on the couch um, watching TV. And she wakes up to see – yeah, she wakes up to see her um, father sitting on the chair in front of her, and he's, like, mouthing something ominously. And then when she sits up all snuggled, then she goes, Dad? Like (laughs) – Like, I want to scream. I can't believe Jillian Anderson was ever this much of a baby. Like, what? Come on, we're not even into the episode yet. The room is spinning. Okay, go. Okay. So the phone rings and she turns and when she looks back, her dad is gone. Um, And then she answers the phone and it's it's her mom telling her that her dad died. So So I would like to introduce my favorite part of the entire series, right? Mm -hmm. You ready for this? I'm ready. Scully's 
psychic. That's my favorite headcanon. Okay, because throughout the series, she this is not the this is not this is this is, this is the first, but this is not the last time that she sees someone. Oh my god, yeah, who huh. is not in her not in her life. Yeah. Scully is psychic, okay? Like I need to worship this woman. Like that is, I was conceived and I was born and I was pulled out of my mother's womb to worship this woman. That's it. Like, and I just want to say disclaimer right now, I have zero control and I will be crying over her this entire episode because I. You reserve the right to. I, yeah, it's what everyone signed up need, for. They know. They know at this if point. You just, if you hear a squeal, it's it's me. Yeah, you're right. I am definitely not okay, but mm-hmm. we move, so it's okay. All right. You got this. I believe in you. That was just my disclaimer. Okay. So, and then there's the credits, and then cut to two young people making out in the woods. Which has happened like 30 times on like, the show. Come on, Chris Carter, take your wife to the woods and make out. Just Just do it. Fucking act out your fantasy and stop writing about it. <laughs> I'm over it. This, this entire series is just Chris Carter's fanfic. It is, though. You could write a whole dissertation on that, I swear to God. It's like it really I analyzed is. him with yeah. the show. Jesus. Okay, so then someone knocks at the window and tells him to get out and then attacks them and kidnaps him. So, cut to Mulder looking fucking sexy reading a file in the office this is the only that's the only time i'm gonna say because the rest of the episode he pisses me off and it ruins it but yep. he hasn't spoken yet so he got me that's he got really me <laughs> that's really where it's at you know what i mean like if he hasn't he just, spoken yet whoo! if he just didn't talk oh my god oh my god that's so hot okay uh so um sweet baby angel scully walks up behind him and makes a joke um about the last time he was that engrossed in something it was porn he he lol i love that scolder's scolder fuck me i love that Mulder (laughs) is allowed to have a sex drive and she's not we love that (laughs) we love that um and so he's surprised that she's in because like death and then he goes how are you dana okay (laughs) i grew uh increasingly disgusted every single time he called her dana yeah it is one yeah exactly one because why two because david Duchovny does not say it with his whole chest no he says he, it like it's a name he's not supposed to be saying exactly exactly you exactly. call someone by the first name you just gotta call them by the first name and it's like i hate that i hate that he's calling her dana like asterisk asterisk like outside of the bedroom because like I am fully for that but like oh, yeah. outside of like wherever they fuck yeah. it's why it why even even Scully is like what the fuck I know she's she, like she literally reacts like we do and she's like Dana yeah and literally as I was like Dana yeah she's like wow I thought I'd only hear him say that in my dreams that was bizarre okay was but strange let's, anyways let's continue but then he asks how she's doing, and she says that she's fine because she has to repress all of her emotions because she's a woman in this fucking male-dominated field and has to say that she's fine when she asks, when people ask all the time. Anyways, right. so Jillian finally gets to act, like act capital A in this episode, and whoo, it's so good. She's so good. Yeah, there was a point where, and you'll know the point, but there was a point where I just put Jillian's acting, period, um, 
over and over and over and over again in my notes and that was all that took up like an entire page yeah literally it's so incredible like i love seeing her just like really dig in here when she hasn't had the opportunity to yet you'd think yep. that they would continue more with that than they do they couldn't because they couldn't because david Duchovny wanted to act too and he's a big boy actor too and he and when he's big boy acting nobody else can be big boy acting just nobody no nobody mm. just him mm. that's it everyone look at me <laughs> she asked what he's working on and he explains that a couple um was abducted and last year another couple was abducted on the exact same day and one week later they found both students bodies dead after being tortured so if the perp holds true to his form they only have five days to find the kids whatever if that's the case then Mulder says in one week a horrible ugly no good man named luther lee boggs will be executed but boggs is claiming to have info on uh, related to the kidnapping and then boggs essentially says that um his psychic abilities can help save the kid then he shouldn't be executed and Mulder, like for once does not believe this man has any supernatural abilities um and Mulder's profile helps send Boggs to the chair the first time. And Boggs claimed that because of that, he can now channel spirits and demons. And Mulder just emphatically does not buy it. And so Mulder like lists all the, the horrible things that Boggs has done. And the moral of it all is that he's a very bad man. And he requested to speak with Mulder specifically. So that's where Mulder's heading. Two things. One, uh, her, Scully's little floof hair, her floofy hair so in her lips and her brows are her brows. juicy. They're just juicy. Like, call her Dana Juicy Scully because 11 out of 10 would love to just smooch all over. Yeah, as you should. So Scully really wants to go. And then he's like, uh, I don't know, babe. Like, should you? Like, can you handle it? And she's like, yeah, I need to work because, again, she's a fucking woman in this field and she can't have a lot of time to process her own emotions. And then he just, like, hand prints her face. Well, it's also like... Well, it's like, again, we've seen this, we saw this last time. It's like, I understand that he cares for her, but it's like, maybe let her make her own choices. There's there's a huge difference between saying, I've got a flight to blah, 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 and I think you should take some time off. Yeah. Like, stop being so presumptuous and making her ask for everything. Just let her mm-hmm. make her own choices. Like Literally. And it's also, like, if David had been acting fully like he cared about her, this hand, this physical action wouldn't look so weird and out of place. But because he literally, like, hasn't been acting like he gives two shits, when the blocking is for him to put his hand on her face, it looks like, oh, that was weird. Totally, yeah. And it's, like, Scully retreats so hard. She's kind of like, I don't know what to do with myself. Like, And, of course, what do you do with that? Exactly. What do you from- do when your coworker suddenly puts his hand on your face and you're sitting there, you're like, okay. Exactly. Huh? And it's like, it's difficult because they're in limbo, right? It's like, she wants to reach out to him. She wants to talk to someone outside of her family mm-hmm. um, because her sister hasn't been savagely killed off her plot quite yet. Not quite. Um, but similar to how she probably was with her dad as a child, she's hiding something from Mulder because, or, or she's suppressing how hurt she is because either one, she fears uh, his disapproval, mm-hmm. or two, exactly what you said earlier, she knows that displaying that emotion to a coworker. Um, as a woman will make him 
coddle her, think yeah. less of her. And immediately see, invalidate anything that she says in the future. See her as weak and therefore less competent because, of course, like, and it's funny because Mulder has literally, this is the second time we've seen Scully be vulnerable outside of the pilot, mm-hmm. but it's like Mulder has been vulnerable every single episode and yeah. it's because he he can afford to be but she yeah. can't literally that's such a good point and it's like and then even still even though she's like keeping herself so guarded because of that when she's abducted it, imme- it immediately has the same effect totally she's like suddenly this fragile baby bird that needs to be taken care of all the time <laughs> from Mulder's perspective so then she uh so then he leaves and then she goes to the files and pulls out a file about a visionary encounter with the dead because the whole thing was seeing your dad but then like gets uneasy and puts it away and i only wrote that down because i totally missed that the last every other time i've watched this episode yeah it's like um i missed it i never saw that i think well i think it's reminiscent or not reminiscent but it's foreshadowing of what the last well one of the last lines in the show is or in the episode is right oh yeah like she puts it away as if she's she's afraid because she is afraid she wants to know but she's afraid and that is the last one of the last lines of the episode and it really this this uh this inc- this interaction um not interaction but like this instance speaks to the difference between Mulder and Scully's journeys right yeah. because yeah Scully, I believe Scully is a psychic <laughs> So it's like Scully has that uh, heightened perception into the spiritual world. So of course she's afraid to believe, like on a general level. Yeah. Of course she's afraid because she's seen it, because she knows what believing entails. Like she has seen what believing entails. Well, also it's like she also sees that in believing, she doesn't want to end up like Mulder hopelessly searching for this truth that she may never find. Totally. Like in doing that, it aligns her with him in a way that's, I think, scary to her because like, she feels like her strength is in not believing. When it's also like when you – she does she never tells Mulder that, that she's – in this episode, she doesn't tell him that she, see, that she saw her dad. Yeah. She doesn't tell wow. him what happened with Boggs because she's terrified. You guys, Scully's psychic. Like, yeah, because she's terrified. Why have I never heard this before? I don't know, but this is like my favorite plot point. I didn't re- even, um, I never thought about it. Because she's seen the unknown. She's seen what Mulder is searching for, like firsthand. Mm-hmm. Whereas Mulder doesn't have that very visceral, tangible, and like autonomous experience with the unknown. It's yeah. very secondhand for him. That's so true. So it's like, of course she's afraid to fucking believe because he, he's, he's like, he's like chasing something. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's very like real for her. Okay. So we cut to the funeral. Her dad's being buried at sea or like scattered or some shit. And Maggie is acting. Scattered? <laughs> he's like, he's being, he's being like this. What is this? Sprinkle. Salt daddy. Salt daddy? I don't know. Is that what he's sure. called? Let's see. He's being the sea. The sea is being seasoned with Scully's dad. <laughs> so they go to the funeral. They're seasoning the sea with Daddy Scully, and <laughs> uh, they said, "Fish, come get your food." I feel like I'm floating. I know I'm really intoxicated. <laughs> Fuck! I really lost my place. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay, you were saying Maggie Scully, her okay. acting. 
So Beyond the Sea is playing. It's a sentimental one for Maggie and him because that's when he proposed or whatever. And I only say that because it comes up later. And Scully says that she knows that they were disappointed that she chose the FBI over medicine, which, like, first of all, what the fuck? Are you kidding me? Yeah, seriously. Oh, Jesus. Like, what a comparison. Like, what? That's such... Like, I, I chose... I decided to go with, like, the 24-karat gold ex- instead of, like, the 18-karat gold. Yeah, literally. Scully says... Was was he at all proud of me? And Maggie's response is, "He was your father," which and it's like I. Mm. It's just, well, first of all, it's a cop out, mostly on part of the writers who are like, "We don't really want to explore the complexities of this, but we definitely Talk want Scully it. placing all of her self worth in her father's approval for sure, for sure. Talk about we it. want that, but Talk we don't want to explore it. We're just gonna like Talk about it. Put it down. Thank you. Just like a little. Just like what's that called? So. Salt Daddy. Salt Daddy? That should be the name of this episode. <laughs> no, Scully is her own daddy is the name of the episode. Ooh, that's a good one. It's like such a visceral feeling that a lot of children feel, I think. Right? Yeah. Like it was my, which is so irrational, but like it was my biggest fear when I was like 13 that I wasn't going to do anything in my life that would make my parents proud of yeah. me. Yeah. And like that was unhealthy. And so it's like Maggie's response, I love her, and it's like definitely just the writing, but it's like right. Maggie's response suggests that his job as a father was not to be proud of Scully. Yeah. That it was to humble her. Yep. Which is like so fucked. It's like so that once she got into the real world, she would know what to expect from men. Yeah. Like lower your expectations. Huh? Which is, like, maybe if her father just kissed her on the head and, like, told her he was proud of her, Scully wouldn't have needed to find validation in men twice her age who didn't love her like she deserved to be loved. Yeah, like, Jesus Christ. And it sucks that she's the one that has to deal with the ramifications of that stupid behavior. Like, it won't exactly. affect him, but it affects her for her life. Like, no offense, but I don't give a shit that he died. No, me either. Fuck him. Fuck Bill like, Scully. I don't give a shit. Like, both of them. All, yeah, all of them. Like, I don't care that he died. I'm sorry. I don't. No, me either. Because out of sight, out of mind. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. Okay. Okay, so cut to Boggs and his ugly hand tattoos in prison. Um, This guy's a great actor. He's horrifying. He is such a good actor. He's incredible. And, and like, because like, he's horrifying. The way that him and Jillian... Jillian is just sitting there in the scene. Mm-hmm. But she's doing so much. And David is speaking and doing nothing. Oh my god! I physically I... cringed. He's not. Nor- he's not normally this bad. It's literally because he's throwing a temper tantrum because this episode isn't about him. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred. And it's just it, it's so funny the contrast in acting between the man who plays Boggs and David. Yeah. It's like the whole matching David matching people in the scene that he's in that you always talk about. Like Jesus fucking Christ. He has about as much enthusiasm and commitment as a wet noodle. Literally. In this, and in it's, this scene. So, it's so just makes him look bad because normally it just brings down the whole scene. You know what I mean? But this one totally Soli just puts a spotlight on him making him look bad because Soli yeah. and the other guy are at 110. 110. Like, especially yeah, one, this prisoner. Like, the guy who plays Boggs, he is just so committed. Is, it's so cool to watch. So so wonderful yeah so amazing yeah i wonder what else that guy has done because he's so good 
And like again, Jillian is just literally sitting there. Like she's observing. She's taking notes. She's looking fucking absolutely stunning. Her acting is again meeting Bog. Like rule number one that they teach you, like rule number one that they teach you in acting school is that you need to actively listen when they're speaking. Yep. They're speaking to you. Yeah. That's such an issue for like really like beginner performers is that you just like once you're not saying your line, you just go off completely. And like that's what he does. It's just if it's and even this is like a more heightened version because it's just because the plot isn't about him. He's waiting for his next line. Yeah. Um and just on a more positive note, um, mm. uh, Scully is so soft. Like her face. Okay, ready? Her face is actually perfect. It is. Like, like all her, the time, but especially in this episode. Like something about it is just highlighted. Her face was sculpted by the goddesses of this world and every other world. It was made from pure pure porcelain and marshmallows and every and flowers and, and everything, everything good in this world yeah. yeah so she's sitting there looking yep. absolutely perfect and then this guy boggs is pretending to have another like some kind of episode and he's just like spouting random shit and i just think it's funny how open-minded scully is when she's questioning something like that Mulder's believing and how stubborn Mulder is when he doesn't believe something there's no compromise I, or open-mindedness yeah. at all. Um, so Mulder gives Boggs like some piece of shirt and Boggs gives him like a bunch of info. And then Mulder's like, psych, bitch, that's from my t-shirt. And Scully's little face was like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then as they're, um, as they're leaving, he starts, the Boggs starts singing Beyond the Sea. And then poor Scully is so understandably bothered by this. And she turns around and thinks she sees her dad, but then she closes her eyes and she opens them and it's Boggs. And he says, did you get my message, Starbuck? And she like scurries away so upset. Understandably. Like, it's just unnecessary. Completely unnecessary. Like, do you need to, like, God. Well, it's like, again, it just goes back to your point. It's like to give Scully a centric episode, to give you have Jillian to a Scully a centric episode, you have to somehow deeply, deeply penetrate her psyche and traumatize her. Yes, but like Mulder centric episodes can literally be nothing. The last fucking Mulder centric episode, they literally had a line about him and his ex girlfriend fucking on a tombstone. I know. Like and now look where we're he, now look where and, we are. And here's the kicker: in Mulder centric episode, he overcame his fear. In Scully centric episode, like oh my god! But in every Scully centric episode, she's given fear, she's given traumas, and then it, and then it ends there, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So Scully gets really upset, and then Mulder's like, "Whoa, babe, what's wrong?" And then like immediately gets protective, which is the only time he shows any energy in this whole episode. Mm-hmm. So I find it really attractive. Um. And then he's like, did Boggs say something to you? Um, and then she lies and just says that it's her father and that she's sorry. And he tells her to go back to the motel. And Jillian is acting the shit out of this. Like, just... look, Just look at this woman's acting, please. That's all I have to say. Like, she's always been so talented. And it's so cool watching her grow and just get more consistent. Anyways, yep. so... Go ahead. Oh, I have nothing to say. Oh. So, on Scully's way... <laughs> So on Scully's way to the motel, she sees um, the things that Boggs talked about in his like weird vision, and he pulls and she pulls over, um, and finds what looks like a crime scene with blood and a charm. 
So then they cut to her sitting eerily like her father in the motel. And I never noticed that quick cut back to her father before. Me either. That was kind of cool. Wow. Then she tells Mulder that she lied to the police about how she found the warehouse and only knew that it was that because of what Bog said. And then he starts yelling at her, which is so unnecessary because one, her dad just died. Two, she found the fucking crime scene. And three, when does she ever do that to him when he follows his stupid motherfucking hunches? When? It's just a stupid male savior complex where he's like, you could have died when really like he just gives a shit about fine, like being right. Yes, yes. Then he makes it completely about him, of course. And then, um, like, okay, Mulder is like a fucking noisy ghost in this episode. Like, I swear to God. Like, David, step your pussy up. That's all I have to say. (laughs) Get a job. What ghost? A noisy ghost? Noisy fucking ghost. Like, truly. That's what his acting emulates. That be the title. That's so funny. A noisy fucking ghost. Yeah. I'm gonna add a lot out of this. I'm sorry, what? I edit a lot out of this. We're just like lounging, we're eating, having a good time. That's how every episode should be. I know, they are, pretty much. Then what Then what does the noisy ghost do? Um, he gets all mad because she didn't go on record saying that she believed him. Because he's making it about him. Oh my god, you're right. Literally. Wow, that's the only reason he's yeah. pissed. Okay. Um, and this is so fucking annoying because she goes, well, I thought you'd be pleased. And it's like, oh, Dana Scully's failing because she can't please the men in her life. Like, what the fuck kind of scale is that to measure success on if you're not pleased? Like, if you're not pleasing the men in your life, you're succeeding. What the fuck? You are so right. Like, and it's also just, like, again, fueling this, like, daddy issues complex that she has, that she's been given. Like, she wants to please him so badly. And... This is what gets her to look him in the eyes and be assertive with him for the first time in this episode, too. Yes. It's, like, the outcome of her doing something bad that gets his attention. And then he, and then he basically says, like, you're doing this because of your daddy issues. Yeah. You should back away from the job if you can't handle it. Not just this case. He says the whole job. Okay. You ready? Like, <laughs> are you kidding me? Stop telling her she needs to step away from her job. You a fucking wet mop. Leave her alone. She said, I need to work. Listen to her. How much clearer can she be? Literally. Literally. I think I'm going to go on record saying this is my least favorite Mulder episode. I would say this and Ascension are, like, right next to each other. I mean, I could fucking say what I really feel, and that's that Mulder is a fucking deadbeat, okay? And that Dana <laughs> Scully... And that Dana Scully deserves so much better than him. But I won't fucking say that because I don't know. Because <laughs> spooky boy, whatever. <laughs> Emily's been sitting on this take for so long. I'm so happy she finally shared it. Episode 13. Episode 13, what is a deadbeat? Like he is. Yes, like, think, like would you date? would you date Mulder? No. No. Would I fuck him? No. Yeah. So many, so many red flags. Mm. I would fuck the shit out of him on his leather couch. She almost starts crying when she says, I love this job. When he's like, you should step away. Like, it's a, like a little I kid. No. This is like the range of her acting. Like, the depth. Like, it's like she reverts back to that childlike. Like, she's trying to please her father and she loves the job. And I just want to cry. And it's like, okay, here's the thing, right? When he tells her to take a break... She becomes very defensive. Mm-hmm. Of course. Because 
what when a man (laughs) this this makes me so mad like this oh i was oh my god when a man tells a woman to take a break it's usually out of male intent or like trying to get ahead Mm -hmm. um manipulating that as if it's through a, a false sense of support and care which is so fucked so fucked and like i'm sure scully has had her career questioned by previous partners in fact i know she's had her career questioned by her father mm-hmm. and it's like that's the whole episode of course so it's like i'm sure it's been done out of apparent care and concern too with a hidden intent mm-hmm. like trying to dissuade her trying to get her to think that she's not enough that she's not cut out for this mm-hmm. i'm sick of it i'm yeah, sick of it of course then, then, then. This is what fucked me up. And here we go. Here we go. Okay. This is what got me. Yeah. Okay? Talk about okay, it. Yeah. Let's go. go. Say it. Say so it. Then, say it. She says, I love this job. And he's like, blah, blah, blah. Open yourself up to extreme possibilities. Like, only when it's the truth. As if he decrees what the truth is. Just like in the beginning when Maggie says that her, if your father decrees what fun is. Like, are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Mulder is not her dad. Stop. Stop it. Like the like my boss is not an, a parallel of my father. Jesus fucking Christ. This is where I got so mad. It's like, okay, Mulder says, and I quote, if being on the job now makes you feel guilty or uncomfortable or uneasy, I think you should back away. The way Scully fucking turns to look at him like he just said he wants her to be his good girl. Oh my God, no. <laughs> The look she gives him. Then he says, "Because if it's qua- if <laughs> because if it's clouding your judgment, you're putting yourself in danger." Here we fucking go, okay? On the merry-go-round. This is so rich coming from the man who literally tried to push past his fear of fire real time by isolating himself and his ex as the sole investigators on a case that could have ended up harming not only him but literally every other person involved oh my fucking god and he's saying if it's clouding your judgment you fucking you're a beanpole you're a deadbeat stop that's so fucking wild i didn't even put together that parallel holy shit that was why I started screaming when I was watching this episode like, because it's like he's really telling her if her father's death death is clouding her judgment, bitch, yeah. are you kidding me? Are you like, what? Are you kidding me? Right if after the last- clouding your judgment. So they don't watch the episode before when they write the next ones? Like what? His dick is clouding his judgment. Always. Always. <laughs> she threw her mic. I forgot we were talking to people. Basically, Mulder is making me fucking mad in this episode. Mm-hmm. So fucking mad. So mad. He's like, he's like, oh, if you're gonna open up and believe me, Dana, at least do it when it's the truth. Like, it's okay oh though. God. Like, classic rookie move. Like, it's fine. It's like Mulder is always the projection of the issues that I have with the writing. That's always where mm-hmm. it manifests because the writers are all male and they project themselves into Mulder. One hundred percent. Yep. He just completely invalidates her. Completely. He's like, if you're going to believe, like, at least believe the truth. Like, at least believe in something that I believe in. Literally. My God. This is the I Hate Mulder episode. 
He's just so annoying. And then David is just like on top of it, thinking about his fucking yoga class he's going to later. So he couldn't <laughs> give less of a shit. Not this yoga class. Cut back to the prison again. <laughs> They're faking that they found the kids to try to like trick Boggs into revealing his accomplice. Mulder is yelling at people to turn off their phone when really it's his phone. And, <laughs> and also, can I just say the way David literally goes. <laughs> He, he, he isn't even shocked that a phone is going off. Doesn't even look to the side. He's just, he just looks straight ahead and he just goes, whose phone is that? <laughs> to the phone off. Bitch, it's your phone. And then Scully really tries to play it up and she's like, Mulder, it's your phone. Like, <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Because she realizes that he's like, <laughs> just, he's like the... That fucking, he's like that little meme that you send all the time, but if the meme was pouting. Which one? The the big green guy. I was thinking, oh, Mike was a- Mike Wazowski. Yeah. I was thinking he was the Robert Pattinson meme. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> Whose phone is going <laughs> Scully's like, bitch, it's yours. And then, and then Boggs, Boggs answers and he goes, is your refrigerator running? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay. Mulder's just yelling at people and then um then Scully has to convince Mulder to put aside his ego and deal with Boggs because people's lives are actually at stake. Like, seriously, David, go to acting class challenge. That's what this episode should be called. So then Boggs tells them where the kids are and warns Mulder that if he goes near a white cross he'll die. They go, they get the girl, the rest of them go to the sweep the docks at Scully's order, I might add. Um, I was going to say, can we just say that she's leading this group of men? She does like, an incredible job, yeah. Wow. Um, when it's also like the difference in the way that this episode allows Scully to grow and embody multi-dimensional characteristics, like um, compared to the episodes that are written by Chris Carter. Mm -hmm. That's it. Yeah. Mulder goes near... You guessed it. The white cross. And he gets shot. And then the perp escapes with the little boy. Not little boy. He's not little. He was, you know what I mean? <laughs> the young the, child. The, ad the adolescent. Yeah. <laughs> with the, with the, the adolescent male. male. <laughs> with the little boy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Wait, did we get to the part where that detective is like, oh, okay. Um, I hope I have a point. Um. Okay, so then she... Oh, and the Mulder shot. So she takes off her jacket to cover him, which is so... And she's so concerned, and I love her with my whole heart. I would die for Dana Catherine Scully. I wrote in all caps. If, if you would die for her, then what does that mean? My, what does that mean I would do? I think you'd hurt some bitches for her. You know? I'd sacrifice myself, but you would also sacrifice others. I would kill for Dana Scully. Yeah. I would kill for her. You would die for Dana Scully? I would kill for her. Maybe this one should be called I Will Kill for Dana Scully. So apparently this fucker is dealing with his mommy issues and like recreating his mother's death every year or something. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, do you think that was Apparently this fucker has an Oedipus complex. Literally. <laughs> apparently this fucker wants to fuck his mom. <laughs> I really called him a fucker with my whole chest. I can't lift my body up when you can do it. Okay, okay, okay. Do it together. Okay. 
Let me find. Let me find. You say as if you're searching your brain for what you were going to say. This fucker has mommy issues. Okay. And then the detective comes to talk to her about it. And he does not need to stand that close to her. Not at all. And I would also like to add that he literally says... Yeah, I mean, he did some time for some narcotics, you know, petty theft, stealing a grandma's purse. Oh, like sexual assault, but like nothing like, big, nothing really. Good. All petty crimes, just rape and um, uh, hello, fucking, fucking, pa- fucking pardon, my guy. Like, huh? Sexual assault, nothing big, nothing really. Big, really, just. I hate the writers. I hate them. I can't believe that that was actually like, written. Nothing big, really. Just like, that's a real line that they said seriously. I can't believe it. I can't believe that that was written. I can't. Oh wow! Okay. Yeah. Wow. That. You know, I know what that reminds me of. Our boyfriend Jordan oh, Klepper. He did an interview. Oh god, he did an interview, and it was all about. Um, I th- no, it wasn't Brett. It was oh, it was about the the Access Hollywood mm. tape from Donald Trump where he admitted to openly sexually assaulting right. women. Um, and this one man, he went to a so Jordan Klepper went to a Trump rally and he interviewed this one man and this man said, you know, one man's flirting is another man's sexual assault. And I feel like that man is the same man as this detective. Yeah. Fuck both of them. I can't even comprehend thinking like that. Like, I truly can't. Nope. It's depressing. But it's okay because... It's so depressing because... Well, it's like so depressing because like this shit ruins people's lives. Exactly. Exactly. Like, forever. And yeah, people the, vi- are like, the victims' lives. Yes, yes, and they're like oh, nothing big, really. Yeah. What? Just, just just sexual assault, like nothing really like life changing or monumental. Like makes me so fucking angry. Well, it's just it's just telling how that was just like thrown in there. Yeah. Like that line didn't need to be there. No, not at all. Like, I understand that they're saying, like, he's not capable of murder, but then it's like you're bringing up the fact that it's like it, it, it becomes a sliding scale of, like, what crime causes more trauma. Like, what crime uplifts yeah. a person's life. Or, or, you, or, you can't measure um, trauma. What, what's, what's the word? Um, but it's like, what crime is worse, basically? Like, what crime... Yeah. What crime um traumatizes a person more is, yep. is essentially what that line serves as yeah so fucking stupid anyway so anyway um turns out that this guy with the mommy issues was partnered up with boggs and it was all trapped to set Mulder up because he's the one who put boggs way to begin with um because everything is about Mulder. of course everything's about Mulder. so then scully goes to the prison oh. and she says my favorite line ever. She said, well, I came here to tell you that if he dies because of what you've done four days from now, no one will stop. You, you, wait, wait. You got to get, get the pause. Okay. Four days. Four days from now, no one will stop. Me from being the one 
to I'll throw this switch and gas you out of this life for good, you son of a bitch. Hell yeah. Well, Emily and I have hyperanalyzed this singular part on so many occasions. <laughs> like, so many times. Can someone remix oh this God. into a song, please? She is so pure. I love her so much, too. Wow. And then, so he says, Dana, and she turns, and it's Mulder saying, you're the one who believed me. She covers her ears like a little kid. Someone hug her challenge. Me. I want to hug her. Go, get on it. Like, okay. Where were you? Scully is actually beside herself with pain and fury and anger and grief. Because this is before she's been somewhat desensitized from up to all of these things. Totally. And, like, maybe love, question mark. And, like, her coping mechanism was needing to work. And now she might have to work alone. I know. If Mulder dies. Yeah. And, like, she never got to hear her dad say that he was proud of her. And, like, this is this means so much for her. And so she is, like... A ball of fire and fury. Yeah. And I, f- this is the part I just had Jillian's acting, Jillian's acting, Jillian's acting, Jillian's acting, Jillian's acting, Jillian's acting over and over and over and over and over again. Because truly, like, I, I can't believe this woman is real. I, I cannot believe that she is capable of this level of acting. I can't believe that she is this talented. I know. On episode and 13. I, on episode 13. So then he recalls the memory of her from when she was 14, smoked mom's cigarettes. He tempts her with talking to her father, and she's so sad. Bitch, oh my god, Stevie, when she says, if you let me talk to him, hear, hear me right now, every single person, if you don't listen to the rest of this episode, I don't give a shit. If you are listening right now, go listen to Jillian Anderson saying if you let me talk to him in Beyond the Sea, the way that her voice quivers right at the end when she no. says him, this woman is desperate. And it's like so fuck her dad for making her have this gap in her life. Yeah. Like fuck him. But like fuck, oh my God, Jillian Anderson's acting like when I tell you I got full body chills when she said that line, like everyone drop what you're doing right now and go listen to her say that line. Yeah, then come back to us. But go right now just so you can like really be where we're at. Like her voice like quivers and goes up and like full body chill. Like I felt my soul leave my body. Yeah, it's so good. So then Boggs talks way too long about his fear of dying. And then cut, like, for so long he talks about it. And, like, to be honest, I forgot David was in this show. Me too. I didn't even miss him. They cut back to him, and I was like, what? I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, so, like, they the the governor doesn't want to make a deal with Boggs. Um, So she goes visit Mulder in the hospital, and they're talking about how they're running out of time. And Mulder is like, don't believe him. This actually has everything to do with me because I'm the star of the show. And she's like, what if there's another explanation? How the turntables God fucking damn it. Okay, not everything is about you, Mulder. First of all. Like, not everything is about you. Yeah. Like, Scully is so concerned about people. I know. About life. About making people's lives worth something. Mm-hmm. Like, whether that's after they've survived something, after they have passed away, after they've been killed. Like, 
Mulder's like, he's doing it to get back at me. Yeah. Bitch, shut the fuck up. Maybe this has nothing to do with shut you. Shut up. Like, why is it when Scully believes, he's all of a sudden like, don't believe him. He's trying to hurt you. Oh. Like, I have to protect you. And it's like Mulder is playing on the fact that Scully wants someone to tell her what to do now, that her dad is gone. And it's like, yeah, yeah. I am not a big fan of that at all because it comes in the form of, of Mulder discrediting her in every single fucking point that she makes. Yeah. When Mulder has believed so much worse. I know. So much worse. And 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 I would add also when that belief has led him to put himself, Scully, and, and others, others in danger. In danger. Not even just himself, literally others. So Mulder's a little like when I say he's a fucking wet noodle that's stuck to the floor, <laughs> like not even the floor, when a wet noodle that is stuck to the wall. That's Mulder in this episode. It truly is. Okay, so cut to Scully with Boggs again. She's being like, okay, bro, you got your deal. And then he tells her where the people are. And she's like, well, Luther, if you were really psychic, you'd... And then he cuts her off and says, I would have known you lie. But, like, he's grateful that she he tried. There's something about this whole dynamic that's really weird. But I don't, like, have the energy yeah. to psychoanalyze. Totally. Um, and then he tells her to avoid the devil. So cut to another fucking psycho man being violent. Um, and is it horrible that I'm happy that it's the boy who's almost the victim and not the girl? No. Okay. Um, so because, because like the whole thing with him having a history of sexual assault, it was like, why was that necessary? It wasn't. One, like just, just pick a bunch of little petty crimes. That was, that's all you need to, that's all you needed to do. And so it's like, for once the fact that because because here's the thing right whenever the whenever there's a female victim sexual assault or some kind of sexual violence is always brought up always. as a way to further hor- like make the crime more horrific yeah. it's just like added spices totally so it's like the fact that that was in his past it's and just to make they didn't give a shit yeah. Yeah, it was just looked over. The fact that the 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 one victim that's like taken and not saved initially, being the boy, is symbolic a little bit. Do I think it was conscious? Absolutely, no, definitely not. not. Um, because because then they show this the girl. The girl is forced to pick out the the perpetrator. Mm-hmm. While she's laying in a hospital I know. Bed. I wrote that at one point. I was like, she literally, like, they just love to show the hyper-traumatized girl. Totally. It's like so fetishized. It's so gross. So then Scully and all her men that she's leading um, run. Bitch gonna, bitch gonna step on my fucking toe, bitch, with them fucking cowgirl fucking boots, <laughs> bitch. This is ghosting. Um, and they like run right in right before the man decapitates the boy and then she shoots him which i love because she never gets to shoot people and um, this is what i like to call dana small but mighty scully and then one of my favorite parts of this episode is her sending one of the men up the stairs to get hit before she runs up like that's queen shit i oh i am salivating over this woman like let her lead the show Please. 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 I would just I would so fucking love the show. It was just her. Um, wow. Okay, so then, like, right in front of the blue devil, the guy falls and dies. So, cut to her back at Boggs' cell. She believes um, that Boggs wasn't in cahoots with Lucas and that he's to save the kids in life and also hers. And then he's just like, do you want to hear your dad speak? And she's like, yeah. And then he's like, well, only if you come to um, 
He's like, he's like, just kidding. I want you to go out with me. Here's where we're going. My execution. Be there eight o'clock. He's like, then I'll show you. I'll show you your dad. Um, classic manipulation. From classic. Man. Go on a go on a go out on a date with me, and then and then we'll yeah. see. <laughs> and then um, cut to the execution, and boom, no Scully because fuck him. Which I'm I'm really happy she didn't go. Um. I don't oh, think same. it was conscious. Like, it wasn't like they weren't trying to make a point here, but it does make one, which I like. Yeah. Um, and she's actually at the hospital visiting Mulder, and she's providing a logical explanation to it all, like, the scientist queen that she is. That, that like, felt like a little bit of her because she had been, like, so not herself this episode because she was exploring other realms. Oh. So that was a really cool way to tie it in. I just want to say, too, like, I wish this entire show was just Jillian Anderson, Jillian Anderson's face close up. Yeah. <laughs> Like, I, oh my god, that would be amazing. We win so many awards. So many awards, and also, I just would have bet, like, every single shot, just as close to her face as you can possibly get while remaining in focus. Yeah. Emmys. Emmys. <laughs> That's the recipe. Emmys out the wazoo. <laughs> um, and then he's like, uh, he calls her Dana again. I don't know why, but whatever and then he's like why can you uh, why can't you believe and then she says i'm afraid i'm afraid to believe and then david really says i'm gonna give you absolutely nothing to work with during this whole thing literally and then yep. and then the ending is that Mulder can't comprehend how she could just let it go and find closure with her father within herself and she's made out to be a continued skeptic when really she's just coping healthily the end that's the fucking ticket you know what i mean like in the end she's all yeah. made out to be like this is just part of her silly skeptic self holy like, shit you're so right. not realizing at all the depth that this exploration was holy shit that, we're like what a fun little episode <laughs> this is what i mean with them throwing boulders like they're pebbles this is the shit boulder was really laying in a hospital bed this entire episode and in the end he was still the hero Hi, my name is Emily, and I'm starting a campaign. Um, my slogan is Mulder is a fucking deadbeat. Join me. On this journey, Mondays and Thursdays, 10 a.m. Pacific Central Time. What are we watching? You're <laughs> watching Disney Channel. You're watching... Hi, my name is Emily, and I'm from Mulder is a deadbeat. <laughs> you're watching and you're watching Disney Channel. Disney Channel. <laughs> draws a sparkly dick <laughs> did either of us get that quote from jillian for jillian's corner no i didn't oh god we gotta go find it huh? all right we have a quote for jillian's corner the but <laughs> we're both very drunk here i go again <laughs> at this point we're really drunk i found <laughs> it okay at this point I we got too drunk too fast i don't know what happened I think this has been a good episode, though. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, you want to hear the quote? This is our quote for Jillian's Corner. You have to tie it all in. Like we always do. She's had trouble... Okay, so this is from some article. (laughs) We'll post it. It's from some (laughs) fucking article. (laughs) From some woman. (laughs) So... (laughs) She's had troubled relationships with men. Period. She married Clyde Klotz, an X-Files set designer, in a Buddhist ceremony on a Hawaiian golf course in 1994 and subsequently split up with him. Considering men, she says, I quote, I have, I think in the past, always gone towards dangerous characters. She pauses. 
But I have to honestly say I am over that. I'm definitely, definitely over that. Dangerous men, question mark. Anderson says, there's something unpredictable about being with somebody who is quote unquote dangerous. They don't quite give you enough attention. They don't quite give you enough love. You're never quite good enough. And if that's how you're used to feeling as a child, then that feels very comfortable for you in that kind of relationship. But what are non-dangerous men like in the wake of dangerous ones? Question mark. Dull, surely. She laughs and says, I'm not sure that I've actually been with somebody. I just know that I'm done with it. It makes me emotional. Daddy issues. She said, daddy issues. <laughs> she said, I have daddy issues. How about you? If you have daddy issues, then you know it. Clap your hands. <laughs> but the whole point is, is like going back to our original discussion is like, um, that's the whole issue, right? It's like women are, it, it, it becomes a blanket turn for an unhealthy relationship. With men, yeah. With and men. it's like, honestly, even if you have the best dad in the world, you, you grew up in a patriarchy, you're going to have some daddy issues. Let's all just come together with that. Totally. Let's all just come together with Jillian Anderson included. She can be our goddess. She can be princess daddy issues and she can lead us all to the revolution where we take down the patriarchy. Holy shit. That was so beautiful. We have to okay. end there. We're going to end there. Um, so everyone get your horses ready. We ride at dawn. <laughs> Where are we going? The revolution that I just said. I'm talking about revolution. Because you say you want revolution. You know. We all want to change the world. We gotta go. Goodbye. Bye, thanks for listening. I'll talk to you next time. We won't get this joke. We love you. I love you. Okay, bye. I'm hanging up. Bye. <laughs>